This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. Hello and welcome to Blueprint Podcasting Car number six and the final one, um, the final four films, so that's 20 odd films we've all seen and yeah, final four. Um, as always, um, It's me and Laura um, doing the final one, hello Laura. Hello. And as always, we'll just get straight into it, four films, we're going to look at Jimmy's Hall, competition film, Jimmy's Hall, Two Days and One Night. We're going to look at the Uncertain Regard film, oh the other competition film, Salisbury, it's a three competition, one Uncertain Regard. Lost River, Ryan Gosling, which was just absolutely destroyed by everybody who saw it. Um, so he was very eager to see this film. We tried and failed many times, but we got there in the end. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll go straight into Jimmy's Hall, um, which is Ken Loach. It was supposed to be Ken Loach's last film, but I think already he's, it's not going to be his last film anymore. So he's going to continue making them. I think he's 147, so <laughs> I don't know how many more films he's got, got in him. Um, so yeah, so Jimmy's Hall, it is about the political activist... Jimmy Grolton, and it's set ten years after he's originally sort of has to flee Ireland because of because of his activities, um, and it's him coming home, and he wants to live a sort of a peaceful life. He's lived, you know, he's clearly a bit of a party guy, been a party guy. He's, he's been around the world. He's got lots of stories to tell, and everyone's kind of excited by him actually. But he wants to come back and live with his mother and live on a farm and to sort of live a more peaceful life to the kind of crazy life he's been living. But what happens is. Um, he realises that the sort of church and the landowners, but the church in particular, are really sort of ruling the sort of land and sort of really kind of stopping the, the sort of development of the... Particularly the young people, I think. And I think you kind of realise that he left Ireland ten years earlier because he set up this hall. Um, this, and, and in this hall they did lessons in arts and poetry and drama and music. And, you know, they did dancing. And, and obviously the church saw this is a very bad thing. Um... And then ultimately, ultimately fled, and he's come back, and everybody wants him to re- redo this hall and to make this hall again, which he attempts to do. Um, so that's the kind of general premise. Um, so it's sort of like man versus church and state, but mainly just church, really. Um, and yeah, so Laura, what did you think of Jimmy's Hall? What did I think of Jimmy's Hall? Um, I thought it was all right. It was nothing to write home about. It was a bit boring. Um, Some real deep analysis going on here. Yeah, no, sorry. Um, No, my biggest problem with it is that it never really went anywhere. When you see a film about a political activist, you expect some sort of fight and some sort of journey. And it kind of, that sort of began to be set up with the fact that he reopened the hall. um, And then there was obviously a lot of contempt for that. But it, it, it... nothing ever went anywhere and then there was a there was a moment actually towards the end of the film there was something that happened which I'm not going to give away it's probably a bit of a spoiler not a huge one but there was something that happened you're like right now it's going to happen now there's going to be a big fight on the hands now you know he's you know he's going to show his true sort of political uh ways and he's really going to fight the state and then that never really happened. So basically, just like every time he thought there might be a big fight, something might happen. So it was just all a bit <sighs> afterwards. 
like every time something happened that you thought was going to build up to something else it didn't really and that and then that made it a really disappointing watch like every single time something you thought something was going to happen and then it didn't it was so oh okay so it just just fell flat fell very flat and uh yeah but you know there was i guess there were some kind of decent performances in it although there were some really awful ones as well <laughs> and uh, some really bad extras moments um uh, and yeah i don't really know what else to say about it well, I just wasn't very excited by it, but at the same oh, time... Oh, did it look nice? I mean, as a film, you know, what was it like as a film? You it looked know? pretty. I mean, you know, Ireland looked beautiful in the film, so there's that. It's hard to say much about it because, like I say, it just fell really flat. And whilst it wasn't as terrible as some of the other films I saw there or wasn't maybe as boring as some of the other films, it just just fell flat. So ultimately, that's the overriding thing. Yeah. Like, almost, I don't really, you don't really care about anything else. Your overriding sensation was it, it was unfulfilling. Yes. Dramatically unfulfilling. Absolutely. But it kind of looked all right. It was kind of okay, performed. Yeah, it but... was all right. Or just generally all right. Bit of a like, you know, Sunday afternoon film. C plus, wanna... C minus, <laughs> yeah, distinctly you... average. Yeah. It's like you... your school report. When you want to, oh, thanks. When you, have a... when you have a little snooze in front of the telly, you might Sunday afternoon TV. Home. Yeah. Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. War Horse. It's I better than War Horse. Little Blast in the Prairie probably had a bit more drama than this, but there you go. Um, okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, that wasn't the most. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do agree. I think the, the, in terms of the story, it is all set up. That's what it is. It feels like the whole film is set up mm. to to a bigger story, but it doesn't go there, like you say. So it isn't. I agree. It is incredibly unfulfilling because he doesn't. You know that. You know, obviously, in films, people have goals. People, you know, have conflict and stuff. And whether they achieve them or don't achieve them, it needs to be done in a fulfilling way. There needs to be tension. There needs to be. You know, and there's none of that. It is all. It's two hours of setup for a, a potential sort of fight, which never happens. It's like ending Rocky before he fights Apollo Creed. It's <laughs> in. It's yeah. It's so, so it really didn't work. It's like I, I wonder why they wanted to make a film of this, other than it being maybe personal to the region that, that he's from, mm. um, because it, it isn't quite enough of a story there for it to be based. It's, so it's bizarre. I found when it ended, I was like, really? Is that it? Mm. You know, there wasn't even an implication that he inspired people in the future. He may have done, but it never. Implied that I'm sure he, if he's a famous kind of political activist, I'm sure he did, but he never really went there. And then the story that it's, it gave us kind of didn't happen. It didn't didn't manage to happen. Um, but I mean, but aside from that, I mean, I actually quite enjoyed it. I mean, you know, again, you do lose perspective when you're at these film festivals and you you never know, watch sort of twenty films in ten days. So you do lose a little bit of perspective in it, and especially can in particular, as we keep saying, that they, they do have these very slow and are very often quite boring, especially the competition films, the main ones, um, are usually pretty boring. They, you know, they, they pick names, they pick stars, they want the red carpets to look good, and they don't very often, they probably don't even see the, a lot of the films. I know for a fact they didn't see this. this. Yeah. I know for a fact, because we know someone who works in it, I know for a fact they didn't see this film before it was finished. So, you know, so... so in that regard, it's like I, I enjoyed watching it. At the time, I needed it. It's, it's light, it's fun, it's got some quite funny scenes, it's kind of enjoyable. Yeah, by the end you go, is that it, really? But while it was happening, I was like, yeah, this is okay. Um, but, I mean, that's not a great standard to kind of be living to. I think, because um, it has got some really bad, bad, bad bits to it as well. I think, you know, you kind of touched on the acting. I think The mother, the mother, yeah. the mother character is one of the worst performances I've ever seen. She can't be an actor. I mean, we need to look yeah. it up. She yeah. cannot be an actor. She, it's impossible. 
because she she can't she, act. She had no ounce of depth. She no. just said the lines. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. There was no emotion. There was no. It was a weird performance. And then I think it was in moments. I mean. I think it did look beautiful at times, thanks to the landscape. And actually, the kind of compositions were fantastic. It wasn't just the only great landscapes, but it was inevitably going to look amazing. Actually, there, were, there, there was some lovely cinematography in there. But there also was some really poor direction. You kind of mentioned some of the extras. The, some of the extras did come across as bad, but I blame the direction yeah, for yeah. that. There was like group scenes. There's a couple of them where one character said a line each. And there were, there were, it was meant to be like a hubbub of activity and people calling out, calling out. But it was literally the seven characters that had all been given one line and they're going to take it in turns and say that one line. And yeah. it came across as a really, really youth theatre. Sort of, like, hey, you know, don't... Uh, oh, whatever, don't okay. Don't youth theatre. Well, it, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> and everything, you know, whatever. Let's not get into that. But um, yeah, so it came across as quite really badly directed. There's a scene where police came to look for him. Uh-huh. And then he escaped. And then the mother... So the, no one knew these policemen were going to come. There's about four, four, five or six policemen. And then the mother says, do you want a cup of tea? And they went, yeah. She went over to the table and there was already five or six cups already <laughs> out. And I was just like, really? <laughs> Fuck me. That is really amateur. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, and there was a, quite a few moments like that where I just thought, this, you know, bloody hell, it's really... It's, it's dropped so far away from Kez. Um, <laughs> but, you know, but it was kind of, it was kind of fun. Bit unfulfilling, not quite sure where they deemed there was a good enough story for a film out of this, but um, yeah, it was okay. Um, yeah, so Jimmy's Hall. Um, <laughs> then you know, let's chat about yours. So, Sills Maria, Sills Maria. Um, you went again, you went to the gala premiere on your own, um, like a loner, <laughs> taking selfies on the red carpet. Yeah, um, selfies. And Sills Maria, you know, what is it and what do you think? Okay, uh, yeah, so. Um, Sils Maria is uh, stars Juliette Binoche, um, Kirsten Stewart, and Chloe Mortez. I think I'm saying her name right. Moretz. Moretz, sorry, there you go. Um, and. Uh... <laughs> Mortez. Mortez. Is that her Mexican cousin? Yeah. Chloe Mortez. <laughs> probably anyway, a bit racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. Um, yeah, and uh, it, it's. Um, it's basically Juliet Benash's character, Maria, has just been offered to play a part in a play. Um, and it's a resurrection of a play that she was in when she was younger, um, a play that helped her be- to become famous. And uh, she's now playing the part of the older woman in the play, two main characters in the play, one younger, one older. The older woman in the play commits suicide. Um, so it's her, it's it's basically about her rehearsing for this play. She goes away with her um assistant and uh, to rehearse for this play and uh, throughout this rehearsal process she finds out who her co-star is and she has a bit of a discovery about her and uh, and then uh, and then sort of generally the main premise is that um she is she's sort of coming to terms with um playing this this older character really uh, so I feel like it's a funny one because there's a lot of things to like about the film. Um, the it's quite accomplished filmmaking. The script is really well written. The acting generally is is very very good, but the problem is it's just really 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 boring. I just found the, the, the just watching it just I sort of was thinking, oh, is it not over yet? And so almost, okay, so if you say the script uh, is good, but how can it be good if it bored you? It can't be good. Well, I thought well maybe I well. I think it's just because I say that because the 
there was a lot, there was a huge amount of dialogue in it, and it wasn't like the dialogue was clunky. So it was like clunky or cheap or bad lines. So the so dialogue like was well written, but structurally yeah. maybe not much. Yeah, yeah it wasn't quite. Yeah. So engaging. yeah, I mean, I, f- I found myself like thinking, how, how can I get out of the Lumiere in the gala screening because I was just so bored. Um, anyway, um, what I, d- I did find quite interesting about the film was uh, that. The idea that they were looking at how different people can interpret different characters in a script. So, you know, some, two different people reading the same character on a page can interpret it differently. And that how that sort of had a connection to the character of Maria and her coming to terms with playing this this older character in, in the story. Um, and also, I think, her not no longer being the younger starlet as well. She's obviously no older as well and coming, sort of coming to terms of where she is in her career. But... Um, Again, the problem was with that, it wasn't like it didn't go into a really inquisitive or psychological exploration of that for me. It just seemed to be a lot of scenes of of this Maria trying to play the character and then having a tantrum because she couldn't relate to her. And it just, every time, it's sort of like every time, again, similar to Jimmy Saul, it seemed like it was going to go somewhere, it was going to look at something, she'd just have a tantrum. And I was just like, okay, it's a bit getting a bit boring now. That's the fifth tantrum, you know? Um, And then. there was also some really strange scenes when she was looking into, I don't want to say the wrong word again, Chloe Moretz, when, when she was looking into her character, the, 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 the character of Maria was exploring kind of who she was going to be working with. There was these really strange scenes that didn't f- seem to fit for me, like tonally, with the rest of the film because she was looking at a film she was doing like a sci-fi film she'd done before that had made her really famous, but it was completely different to any of the pictures that we'd seen. And also, like, it was really cheap and cheesy looking. And then she was also on, like, a a chat show, being, like, really young and obnoxious. And again, it was just so different to these other two characters that it, maybe portrayed. So, like, well, what, what it, that then kind of leads me to the fact that I thought that Chloe Moretz's character was quite... wasn't very good, and she was quite one-dimensional, which was quite surprising because I've always quite liked what she's done in the past so I don't know she again she didn't really work for me I don't I don't really know what's going on there but um but yeah so it was just a bit it was just a bit strange so it's Chloe Moretz's character that had done this sci-fi film and done this talk show yeah she was she was the young star yeah no I get that but I thought okay and and you saw you basically you saw scenes of because Juliette Binoche was researching who she was going to work with. Mm. She was looking into this this girl, mm. and the idea around this girl is she's she's caused quite a lot of, like um, she's had a lot of media coverage, lots of gossip and stuff. Yeah, yeah, about get, her. yeah, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was she was just looking into her, but then the, when you you then see scenes of her in a film or her in this chat show being really young and obnoxious, and then it just it that, those scenes didn't seem to fit with the rest of the film it was almost stylistically like, stylistically that's the words I was looking for yeah so it was just sort of like trying to prove a point but they didn't quite quite make it work for me anyway uh, yeah what else um, Kirsten Stewart was quite good in it actually I was quite surprised because I've not really liked well I haven't seen I was going to say what have you seen her in that, that bloody Twilight she was awful <laughs> but, yeah but yeah she was very good Actually, and her and Juliette Binoche together worked really well. I thought their they, their kind of chemistry was quite worked really well on on the screen. But again, because of the fact that the play the play the film was pretty boring, I just it just unfortunately I think could have probably done more with it if they hadn't the play, film itself hadn't been so boring. 
I think that's all I want to say about it. So, yeah. so, so pretty boring, don't really go anywhere, repeats itself a lot. Yeah. Nothing, what, what? Not, yeah, nothing really insightful. Like I say, I think the idea of exploring, like, characters and, and people. Yeah, I mean, it sounds quite interesting. interesting. But I just don't, it didn't really tell me anything new or say anything exciting about that for me. So. Fair enough. Okay, um, so now let's chat about um, probably one of the probably the most talked about film of the festival. Obviously, Ryan Gosling's directorial debut, The Lost River. Um, obviously, people were excited before, and it's always interesting when actors sort of turn to, to directors, and and obviously he's worked with some interesting directors as well. And you wanted to know what inspiration he'd take from them, and kind of how he'd go with it. And then it obviously was shot, was premiered. It was very difficult to get into the screenings. We tried twice. We didn't really try that hard because mm. we give up straight away because there was people were queuing up for hours mm. to get into these screenings. It's ridiculous. Um, but the word was what well, this is an abysmal film. Pretty much everybody ripped it to shreds that, um, really badly. And it was kind of, so then it became a curiosity factor, like, oh, we really want to see um, this film. Um, so Lost River, it's set in, set in Detroit, and it's Christine, Christina Hendricks plays the, the kind of main character and the mother of the piece. And the film kind of looks at her family, I suppose. She's her and her two sons. She's a single mother. She's got two sons, one called Bones, who's the older son who's maybe like 18, 19, would you say, early 20s, something like that. And and it's about their life, I suppose. And Detroit is obviously in ruins. Um, it's p- People are leaving. The property prices have, uh, have fallen through. People are desperate for jobs, desperate for money. It's kind of how Detroit is now, to be honest. Um, but it's set in a slightly more sort of heightened reality. It's sort of magic realism is sort of style, I suppose. And then there's this guy who sort of rules it in this sort of pseudo sort of villain, which is Matt Smith, obviously. The guy plays Doctor Who in quite a surprising role. Um who people are scared of, and he's very violent to people, and he rips people's lips off and, and things like that. And so it's about Christine Hendricks wanting to buy a house and to have her home. She needs to take this to the job, which is sort of like this art, like high art job where people cut their... It's sort of like performance art, really, but like really extreme and very gory. And so it's like kind of reenactments of kind of murders and assassinations and rip, slicing your own face off and things like that. So this really heightened sort of art show that she becomes a part of and then the son is sort of in love with his neighbour who's played by Swazi Rowan Ronan um, the Irish actress um, I don't know how to pronounce her name or but it's something <laughs> like that I thought if I say it fast I can get away with it um, and and it's about him he sort of falls in love with her he sort of wants to escape there's rumours that the whole place has been flooded and there's a city underneath so it's this mix of this really sort of grounded you know reality and it's like it's clearly Detroit in this sort of magic realist sense and then there's it plays on fairy tale and sort of myth um, and it kind of we see explore a lot of characters I mean oh god so that is what it's about um, yeah I mean it mainly got slated for um, for being a complete rip off of everything he's clearly seen before and people were saying it's a bit like Nicholas Winden Refn it's obviously very much like David Lynch and um, maybe even Terry Gilliam in there, and that every all the imagery and some of it is quite beautiful. That it's it's all derivative. There's nothing new in there, and it's just this sort of fanboy sort of execution of of, of all that. Um, and actually, I mean, I can see where the, you know that is sort of true. I think you have to be a bit of a cinephile to sort of get that. I think maybe Ryan Gosling and you know a lot of people who like Ryan Gosling will probably won't know any of those films and all. And say maybe that's judgmental to say. Um, 
so that you, you know so so that didn't bother me as much as it clearly bothered everybody else it is it, i mean the thing is it just felt quite studenty like it's like somebody comes along and he's got all these ideas most of which is seen ripped from elsewhere and he just throws them in but they weren't sort of like really embedded into a, a, a complete picture. So there were, you know, the, so, so not everything felt forced. Everything felt there for show. Everything felt there like because that would look good or because that would sound good or because, you know, so, so it never felt genuine. It never felt honest. It never felt like it was part of a whole world. So th- and that is its biggest, you know, that's the kind of why it really, really badly fails. And it does badly fail for that reason. So, you know, you, the, the, you know, the kind of high, you know, like I said before, Christine Hendricks is part of these really kind of this performance art, this gruesome performance art, which provided some quite interesting scenes and quite interesting visuals. But it never, it just felt so, like, again, it felt forced. Like, he did this because he wanted to have all these kind of gory scenes in there. There's like, like a touch of this sort of fantasy about, you know, not fantasy, where, you know, he's told that if you, you know, to kind of save the town, you need to kind of go to the under, underwater city, which really jarred. And it is all magic realism, but even that felt like pure fantasy. And it's mentioned at the beginning, never touched on, and then at the very end, he sort of decides to go down to this underwater city. So, and it felt really immature, really childish, because it wasn't like embedded in the story. The idea of fantasy or myth or legend or fairy tale wasn't really a part of it. In some of the imagery, maybe, but it's not wasn't part of the the, the world. So it felt really, again, it's like like an idea because it sounded good. So let's just do it. But then felt really childish because they, I mean, the characters felt childish. Why would they believe in this when it's not part of the world? If that makes sense. So, so everything about it, you know, and even there's this bit where there's a, a, a granny character of the, the neighbour, she's p- permanently watching um, an old home video of her husband who died. And it just, ideas like that just felt so face-slappingly sort of immature. So it felt basically like a, a student, a media student, 16-year-old, got, got together on a world-class casting crew and made this film that's how it felt watching it but saying that there were some nice images in it it was kind of well performed um it did look good it was mildly entertaining so in that regard you know it's not it's not a complete failure it just felt like really weirdly sort of studenty and that sounds all again not in the visual quality it looked stunning but just in the way it was all put together just like no real no cohesion i think that's the thing to it no cohesion whatsoever to the story the characters the relationships the imagery the locations it was just oh let's just do this let's do this let's do this and all because the main reason because it'll look good or sound good and that's obviously the worst reasons that you can um, um do that um so the final film that we'll chat about is um, Two Days, One Night, which was a lot of people's favourite for the Palme d'Or, actually. A lot of the critics were tipping it. We all went to see it. I think you and Chris wanted to see this film win it. Um, I did disagree, which we'll sort of elaborate on now. Um, I mean, I'll give the premise, and then you can give your opinion. Oh, no, you give the premise. Um, yeah, so two, two Days, One Night... What is it about? It's not a huge premise, to be fair. Well, like, that's why I thought yeah, I'd really it, do it. It's, it's basically, it's about a woman um, called Sandra, who is, uh, she's just recovering from, from a breakdown. And she finds out that her, at her work, they've decided to take a vote on whether she should keep her, her job or whether um, everybody else gets a bonus. Uh, and she finds out everybody, you know, she, the bonus won out um, and she then is given a weekend by her boss to try and convince everyone other, otherwise in a secret vote uh, on, on the Monday. 
Um, so yeah, so basically it follows this woman's journey who's and, and she's helped a lot by her husband um, meeting all the people that she works with and, and talking to them and trying to encourage them to vote for her instead of voting for the bonus and the second vote on the Monday so that she can keep her job and go back to work. So that's the premise. Um, do, you, do you want to go first with your opinion? Or? Um, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, because I've got a very different opinion to you. No, not a very different opinion to you two. Um, everybody obviously really loved this. You guys kind of loved this as well. And I really didn't love this at all. Um, not because it was bad, because it isn't bad. Um, but the biggest problem for me, that's set up. This woman has got a weekend to convince everybody to vote for her to keep her job or keep her bonus. And that's done within the first sort of less than five minutes. So from that point on, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know she's going to meet 18 people, have a conversation with each of those 18 people. Some of them are going to say they're going to change their mind. Some of them are going to vote for their bonus. And at the very end of the film, you know it's going to be down to one deciding vote. And is she going to get it or isn't she going to get it? So it, it, you know it's going to do that. You kind of get a feeling that's obviously what it's going to do. And that's exactly what it does. Exactly. It doesn't... There's no surprises. There's nothing shocking. There's nothing... There's no twists. There's no turns. There's no real revelations. No, no, no. no there's no revelations. Um, there's no real change in character, I don't think. There's no big... She's not that different at the end to how she is at the beginning. So there's no real growth or, or development in any area. So it's just like, okay, so you're going to chat to these people. Some of the conversations were nice. It was all well written. You know... But none of them were surprising. It wasn't funny. It wasn't intelligent. It wasn't gripping. It wasn't tense. It wasn't. It didn't emote anything in me. It was just. I'm going. To, oh, can I? Can you give me a bonus now, please? I'm going to lose my job. I don't lose my job. Some people felt sorry for us. Some people didn't. And that was it. Solidly for the whole film. So I was just watching it, thinking nothing is happening. I knew, you know, and this could have been a short film. It's just. So it was bizarre on that level where it just had no movement. I mean this probably says more about me than it does the film itself. I also just didn't like the main character. She's, she, kind of a bit of set up was that she had suffered from depression and that's why she, and she'd been off work for a long time. And this initial vote had been while she was out of work and she's just coming back to work. So in, so in a way, her seeing people again sort of reignites people's, just in almost remembering her and who she is and it kind of puts a kind of a face to the name, I suppose. Um, and in the film, she's suffering from kind of mi- not depressed, but mild sort of depression, I suppose, throughout the film, constantly taking medication and and, not mild. Oh, and oh, okay, <laughs> whatever. But okay, suffering from depression throughout the film, um, and I just didn't. <laughs> it sounds awful. I didn't like the character. I just didn't like it. So I didn't. I didn't particularly like watching her. I didn't. You know, for me, it, because that depression was like a subplot to this main boring plot where you knew exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> Um, it that didn't it really engage me. I don't think it really. It played it well. It played it subtly. I mean, she is brilliant in it. She's phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. I, I think she's she she's very good. Um, yeah, but, but it doesn't. It doesn't sort of dive into it. it. Doesn't delve into it. it. Doesn't. It's not revelatory in any way. It wasn't a revelation. It wasn't like, oh, that's an interesting look. Oh, I didn't realize people did that. Oh, is that how she's feeling? I didn't. It never. It was. It's just like a really simple look at it, and. Yeah, so I mean, there's my so there's my big problems. But saying that, it, again, like we say this a lot, it looked great. It was, you know, it was, it was shot really well. Brilliant performances all around. Even all the sort of characters she meets along the way. There's no sort of I can't remember now. I don't think there was any flat sort of um, actors. Um, 
But it was just, the kind of premise was just really bizarre. Like, okay, I know what you're going to do after two minutes, and you do exactly what I think you're going to do. Okay, not for me, thanks. Um, but obviously, you guys felt differently. I think everyone, the whole world seemed to feel differently about this film. Um, except the jury, because they didn't give it any awards, which is a big surprise to everyone. Um, but what did you think? Well, interestingly, some of the main reasons that you, you didn't like it was the reasons that I did, but that but that's because I sort of feel slightly differently. I agree with you completely with, with the premise in that you know what's going to happen. And and for that reason, you know, I didn't absolutely love it. I, you know, I think if it if there'd have been more surprises, more something more interesting happening, and you, you hadn't, you wouldn't have known what happened at the beginning. It could have been prob- maybe a masterpiece. Who knows? But because but because um, because of that, yes, okay, I, I I understand that totally. But for me, some of the things that you said you didn't like were exactly why. I did like it and I did find it really interesting and I, I did think it explored particularly um, depression in a, in a very uh, interesting way. I might not have said anything new about it, but I, I don't think we've seen characters, and again, partly because of Marion Coulthard, seeing characters playing depression like that, very like that, very well like that. I've never seen that. Me, personally, never ever seen that in anything before. Um, and, and I did like the character. I thought... Um, and that that was what got me. What that's what kept me was was her sort of the fact that she'd she was clearly very very down. She'd suffered she'd suffered this depression, and she was she was obviously still quite she was obviously still dealing with that. But she had to almost be pulled out of it to try and get her job back. And I do think she had a big change throughout it because I think that I think it was subtly quite underneath. But there was a change because she it was almost like almost like a, 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 what's the word, like a punch in the face or something, she needed to, to almost pull her out of it. And there were obviously lapses within it. But yeah, I just think that she, and the way that it was handled, like it wasn't like, woe is me, she's feeling really sorry for herself. Like she kept fighting, she kept fighting, she kept fighting. Um, and she wasn't trying to make people feel sorry for her. Even though some people did, she wasn't trying to do that. I don't think she was. I, I thought the filmmakers were. That's my, that was more oh. one of my problems with it. I think the filmmakers wanted the audience to feel sorry for her. Not in the character. I don't think the character was self-pitying, but I think it was almost like but the, the, character the being audience self-pitying. How was the filmmaker? Because of what they should have. What's a ridiculous thing to say? What do you mean? Well, I don't. I, don't... I, I, like... I didn't feel that at all. I oh, okay, that. but I did. That's I what I mean. I did. I was like, she to... wasn't self-pitying in any way. She didn't want people to feel sorry for her. She did want to fight through it. But what I'm saying is, in terms of the things that we were shown, in terms of how it was portrayed, I felt as if we were being asked as the audience to really feel sorry for her and and to pity. No, not pity. Her. I did feel pity for her, which I don't think I should have done. Um, but mm. and and to kind of feel those things, not that she was trying to make that happen with the people in the film, if that makes sense. But as an audience, we were being sort of geared that way, if that makes sense. Perhaps. But you obviously didn't. So I know I I didn't yeah. I didn't I I you know I I thought and I thought the portrayal as I say the portrayal of depression in that film was probably more realistic than any anywhere else I've ever seen and that I sort of that was one of the things I quite liked about it um and and I you know it's it was again it's a very do you think it said anything about depression or do you think it showed anything in a new light or um maybe maybe not maybe not I don't but not not to me no it didn't um perhaps to other people I don't know but not to me but like it was, it it was just more 
just for me that ca- her character and what and that development of her character that I enjoyed watching. So it's oh, okay, fair yeah. enough. But it wasn't it wasn't necessarily. I don't think it was an amazing, amazing film. It was. Just, I just thought it, I just didn't hate it. <laughs> no, I didn't hate it. I never said I hated it. I just I didn't think it was a bad film. Yeah. I just I didn't like I didn't like her. So, so that's but I one think thing. You were more on the side of you didn't really like the film. I oh no! Oh no! I, I didn't like the film at all. No. It. Yeah. No. Um, it didn't. It offered me nothing. It gave me a character I didn't particularly like, and it gave me a story which. Like I keep saying, you know, you figure it out after three minutes. Oh, it's, it's not that it hides it. It's not as if you don't need to be a detective to figure out. You know, it's just obvious. It sets it up, and he's like, "Well, there's only one way this story can go, unless yeah. you're going to really flip it on its head." And it doesn't. It just plays it straight down the line, bog standard. There you go, bang. Um, I mean, and if she wasn't any good in it, it would be a borderline disaster. Oh, you yeah, say it's close to being a masterpiece, which I think crazy. Oh, I, I think it's a borderline disaster without her, but because of her, this would be the better story, obviously. But um, but, whatever. so yes, I mean, in, obviously Chris, obviously he's not here for the for the final podcast. He really liked it as well for the similar reasons um, that you did. I think he was drawn to the character, and maybe this kind of kind of story aspect didn't bother him as much as it bothered me. Um, so yeah, so that was the final film. Um, I'm personally glad it didn't win anything. Um, <laughs> the Winter Sleep. I'm glad I saw the the Palm Door. But also, I don't know if we said this last time, but the White Dog, which I kind of chatted about a few podcasts ago, which I loved. That won the Uncertain Regard, so I was very happy about that. Um, it's a great, weird, weird, weird film, but brilliant. Yeah, weird, um, yeah. You watched the first 20 minutes of it, but you had to leave. Because... I had to leave because there's animal cruelty in it, so for anyone uh, that else that can't cope with watching If anybody that. else is an absolute <laughs> pussy, then... Um, who can't distinguish film from reality, I'm then... Sure, um... I'm sure, I'm sure uh, no animals were injured in the making of the film. I don't know. I, just, uh, I don't know. I couldn't watch it. It was filmed in Hungary, they allow it. anything. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's it. That's all our films. We've done it all. And good. Um, yeah, bye. Moin, wir die Mädels mit Akzente von dem Tvers Universal Podcast. Ham Bahubashi Lerkia Hebraman Kepal Ke Podcast. Hola, nós somos as miúdas com Starks do Podcast Através do Universo. What? Moin, moin, I'm Matt. Namaste, I'm Nick. Hola, I'm Sophia. We're the chicks with accents. From across the universe podcast. Join us every fortnight.